0: Welcome to Inside MWHC, where we have a special guest for you today. Barbara Hurst is a longtime volunteer with Mary Washington Hospice. Barb shared her story with us, what brought her to hospice to volunteer, what she loves most about it, and how you can get involved too.
1: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you Happy so much. Happy to be here.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Barb. What, what brought you to hospice? Well,
1: um, my daughter-in-law. Uh had uh colon cancer for eight years, and when she passed, she was in hospice and so I promised her that I would do something to pay back because hospice did such a a wonderful job for us. It took away a lot of our concern. we knew uh she was in good hands mm-hmm. and um so I promised her that I would do it so i 've been doing it now for thirteen years
0: that's amazing and so Julie was with Mary Washington hospice
1: yes, she was with Mary Washington hospice yes um and um, I really hadn't had experience with hospice before that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's the best thing I've ever done, I think. so. <laughs> That's
0: amazing. I, I love that. So tell me kind of why you love it so much.
1: I love it because um, there are so many different areas that you can work in with hospice. A lot of people think that you're just working with patients, but you're not. Um, for the first year that I worked for hospice, I worked in the office because you're not allowed to work with patients until you're a year out from the death. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Um, And a lot of people don't come to hospice for that, but that was my um, reason. Mm -hmm. And so I worked in the office for a long time. Um, One of the things we did, which people do now, is tuck-in calls, which um, means that one of the volunteers will call a home, um, we have a list of homes to call, and uh, we'll call and speak to the patient or the caregiver, just to find out how the patient is and to see if there's anything that the nurses should be bringing them. You know, we want to make sure that when the visit when the visit is made, that if they need extra supplies or anything, if they have any concerns, then we share that with the nurses. And that I think that was huge and very helpful. So that's what I did um, in the office. But you can, you know, people can also. Work um, in the office by doing paperwork and uh, writing cards mm-hmm. and uh, filing. So
0: that's that's good to know. I know um, a lot of people might be a little bit put off about thinking that a hospice volunteer has to work with patients. That's true. Yeah. And
1: um, when, if I see somebody that, that expresses an interest, I do tell them everything that hospice has to offer. hmm then after a, probably more than a year, I probably did the office for about two years. Mm-hmm. And then um, I started going out into the field. And so that's where I have stayed mm-hmm. because I really
0: love it. So That's an amazing thing that you're just an extra layer of support for the clinical team as well as the family that, you know, you can make those tuck-in calls and just mm-hmm. provide that. And they still do that now. Mm-hmm. So, what was it like for you when you transitioned from working in the office to going out into the field? Were you um, excited to do that? Is that kind of where your passion lies, as being with the patients?
1: With being, yeah, being with the patient. Um, mm-hmm. I was a school counselor, oh. an elementary school counselor, so um, I like being out with the people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was a little nervous the first time I went. I have to admit, mm-hmm. um, because you want to make sure you do everything correctly, and um, there are rules that you have to follow of course you know of course and um, confidentiality is a huge part of that mm-hmm. I started going to um, homes and also doing vigils so I do I go to the homes mm-hmm. I go to the nursing homes and I do vigils mm-hmm. um, and and what's
0: a vigil Can you explain
1: what a vigil is? is if a person is dying
0: mm-hmm.
1: actively dying and they need someone to come and sit with the patient then i'll go and sit with the patient for so i mean we have a lot of people who do it so you know you'll sit with them for four hours or so and if they're still with us then someone else will come in and another volunteer will come in Mm -hmm. and sit with them we don't want them to be alone a lot of times patients um are really alone Mm -hmm. they don't have a family or the family lives far away or the family is just not able to get to the to the patient and sometimes it's too hard for the family yeah. to be there. So it was one of the things that during the pandemic that really bothered me because patients were dying and there was no one there with them because their families couldn't go in either. Um, so I love I love that. Um, and I know this is going to sound kind of strange to people, but there's a certain serenity when you're sitting with, whether it's a dying patient or if you're in a nursing home mm-hmm. and you're sitting with someone who, Maybe they can't even speak, but they just know you're there. Mm-hmm. There's a certain serenity that I feel in being with those patients.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's um, that's such a huge service that you provide for them, especially patients in nursing homes. I used to work in a nursing home, so um, those, those residents are near and dear to my heart, but... Um,
1: and again, they're very short-staffed. Yeah. So I feel like I'm providing a, a service not just to the patient, mm-hmm. but to the nursing home. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times patients will say to you, I'm in pain or whatever. Maybe somebody okay. hasn't come in for a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so then I have the opportunity to go and let someone know or mm-hmm. to call hospice or whatever to let someone know that that patient is in pain.
0: Yeah, you so, can advocate for them. Yes, yeah. and we do. So you said your a, a vigil shift is usually about four hours. Is that like a typical hospice volunteer shift? about about four hours
1: okay. um because you're sitting there very quietly and sometimes you get <laughs> you get sleepy, but I'm sure but yeah, about four hours that's 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 about what they um, have.
0: And oh, is a vigil shift something that you, um, that you sign up for? You say that, that that's something that you're interested in. I'd say that's probably not for everyone.
1: It's probably not for everyone. You have to express a desire to be a vigil volunteer, and there's a little bit of extra training for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because a lot of times the patients do die, so you need to know what to do when the patient passes. Um, so you have to tell them, I want to be a vigil volunteer, and mm-hmm. then they'll set you up with that.
0: That's good that that there's additional training for that. And yes. tell us a little bit about the training process for becoming a volunteer with hospice. Oh, well,
1: it's, it's pretty extensive mm-hmm. because um, they go through not just how to be with a patient, but things that you can do and things that you can't do. Confidentiality, what to do if something happens to a patient. Where do you go? What do you, you know, mm-hmm. how do you handle that? And everybody has to go through training, whether they're going to work in the office mm-hmm. or whether they're going to work up in the in the field so to speak
0: so no one's getting you know thrown out into the field but without no, being prepared they know everybody have to have to have to has to be prepared
1: yes and you have that you know they test you along the way and and hospice is always there if you ever have a question or you have a concern about anything you can always call and there's always someone there to help you if you're if you have a concern
0: so you always feel kind of supported by, yes. by hospice. Yes.
1: I never feel like I'm out there alone. Good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So you mentioned before that that what brought you to hospice was your relationship with your daughter in law in that situation. And you help out with the Fredericksburg Amateur Golf Tournament.
1: I do. Actually, it's um it's my family's tournament. Mm-hmm. Um and it's in honor of it was created in honor of Julie. Um, So we have it every year, uh, and all the proceeds go to hospice. And it's amazing because a lot of the players will um, donate money as well as pay their fee Mm -hmm. um, because they've had someone in their family who has been in hospice. You know, that's what what we tell them, is that somewhere along the time of the line, if you have not experienced hospice, It's quite possible that you will, Um, and it's a wonderful organization, and um, the players are uh, really supportive. So we have a lot of people that don't play golf, the businesses that that will support, but um, the players also give additional money.
0: That's incredible. So what does that mean to you to know that your family has this this legacy of supporting Mary Washington Hospice and, and being in the community and kind of educating about hospice?
1: It's huge because it's so near and dear to my heart that, um, when we can give money to help them, then that's huge. Our goal was to, um, and it still is to build a hospice house. That would be amazing. hmm And I think it's something that we need here in Fredericksburg. I agree. Talk about serenity. That yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful place for your loved one to go and, um. If we could raise that kind of money, we would ha- be happy to do so. Mm-hmm. Right now, the money goes towards whatever they need. you know.
0: Well, I hope that that becomes a reality because, like you said, that's a huge a huge need in the mm-hmm. Fredericksburg community. And death is a universal experience. We're, it is. We're all going to die. And it's likely that a lot of us will need hospice. And having those resources and those conversations and, and those things available beforehand is really important. I will tell you that when
1: my daughter-in-law went into hospice, um, she called everybody into the hospital. She was in the hospital Mm -hmm. at the time, and her doctor had told her that she needed to go into hospice. And so she called everyone in, and she said, the hospice people are going to be here shortly, and, and I want you all to listen to what they have to say so that we can do my death together. And she was an amazing person.
0: She sounds like amazing an amazing person.
1: person. And um, so we all just came together and um, made her last three weeks as peaceful and actually joyous at times and personal
0: mm-hmm. as possible. That's incredible to be able to have peace and joy mm-hmm. in those last couple weeks. That's mm-hmm. that's really special. We've kind of touched on it, but but tell me what hospice means to you. I mean, you've got all of these these amazing memories and experiences. Like, do you do you think would you recommend volunteering? Do you think it's important for people to understand? Hospice? I do, mm-hmm. I do, and I have um, a couple. I have a friend who's
1: very anxious to um, take the class and volunteer, and uh, you know, if somebody asks me about my badge when I wear it, um, you know, I tell them whatever they want to know.
0: So what type of opportunities do you tell people when they see you wearing your badge? What do you tell them about the opportunities that hospice provides? Well, I tell them that they can work in the office,
1: you know, that they don't have to be actually with patients. If they want to be with patients, they can uh, work with them in a nursing home or they can actually go to the home. A lot of people, a lot of volunteers, when they go to the home, you're, you're not necessarily always there just for the patient. You may do something to help the family. Uh, You may, like a lot of the volunteers, will mow lawns for people. You can go shopping for someone. Or um, you can even babysit, you know, take a a child if there's a small child, take them for a walk or to the park or whatever. Mm -hmm. So when you go to the home, you're working with the entire family. It's what they need. It doesn't necessarily have to be with the patient. There's also pet therapy. Mm. So they... um, a lot of times dogs will come and sit with the patients, mm-hmm. um, which is lovely.
0: It's so nice because I know, like, when you're caring for someone else, especially someone who's in their last days or weeks of life, you can forget to eat or care for yourself. Mm-hmm. And That's right. volunteers can kind of stand in for that. Do you have a favorite memory of a volunteer moment or a favorite task or job that you do for hospice?
1: A really good memory happened uh, just... Uh, about a week ago. I have a patient at a, at a nursing home who has Alzheimer's. And um, sometimes she wants me there and sometimes she doesn't. She uh, she gets kind of agitated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of go in and I tiptoe in and I'm very quiet. And I, would you like a visit today? And sometimes she'll say no. She speaks, she talks a lot, but you can't understand what she's saying. And so I sit with her and you know, nod. And the other day, she actually said to me when I left, before I left, she said, thank you. Come back.
0: Oh, my goodness. So um,
1: that was huge for me. Because sometimes you as a volunteer, when you're sitting with a patient, you kind of wonder, am I helping this patient? You know, but that was huge for me to know that, okay, there are some times when she's okay with me being there. And and, she and she's actually been much better lately. She was this week. She talked. It was lovely. So You're thanks, you yeah.
0: establishing a relationship with her, and she's excited to see you. That's amazing. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to say or anything that you want um, our listeners to know about Mary Washington Hospice? The, I would like them to know that
1: um, it's it's very rewarding to feel that you have helped somebody whether it's the family or or the patient it's it's extremely re- rewarding and like i said it's serene mm-hmm. it it brings a, it brings peace to me even if i'm with a person who dies while i'm there it it's peaceful
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's nothing to be afraid of actually
0: oh well thank you so so much for sharing your experience with us today and being here with us you're welcome um, It's been really special to meet you and hear about your experiences. Thank you for having me. This has been a production of Inside NWHC, and I'm Ashley Laporte.